Welcome to Echoes of Holiness podcast. <laughs> I uh, so thank the Lord for the day that right here at this old altar 34 years ago tonight that the Lord saved my soul. And uh, wretched, miserable, poor, naked, blind, without hope in this world. And uh, the Lord, uh, you know, I, I agreed. Y'all heard me say last night, as the brother was preaching, or yesterday, uh, you heard me uh, shout out, probably, I can't hardly mask my voice. Uh, <clears throat> it's weak this morning, Brother Gary, like yours, after singing last night. But... Um, when the brother talked about people coming on their own, and I said, yes, 100%, I believe that. But I will never take away from the fact that it was Sister Kathy Woods that, that night when Brother Pullen stood right there where that brother standing, dismissing. She came right down there and down that aisle, back there, either, I think behind Brother Woodward where his daughter-in-law standing was where this man stood. Uh, I was torn young man i was gonna come home see mom and dad one last time and go to kansas city i'd had the invitation to go up there with all the boys that was backsliding out of brother tommy's church and all those that felt like they had to go chase a dollar they wanted me to come help them up there and work with them and i said i'm gonna go home see mom and dad one last time but uh the lord in great pity great pity uh, and wonderful mercy. She put her hand on my shoulder, looked up in my face, and said these words, Jeff Welcher, you're too good to die lost. And Brother Chapman, down that aisle I came. I told the Lord I didn't feel it at the moment, but I said, Lord, if you'll touch me, I'll go pray. And Brother Fonzo had told me Sunday morning, sitting back there in the vestibule, he walked by, and I just leaned over there, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Son, you're not happy where you are. I just kind of glared up at him, you know, like, No, bother me, man. If you just leave me alone, I'll be all right. You know how sinners try to put up that. But Brother Gary, the Lord was probably wooing my heart even at that moment. And uh, if if I never... If I'd never lose my mind, and I, I could possibly lose my faculties, but if I don't, I'll never forget. It wasn't I burst out in tears. It wasn't that I, I started weeping, but I felt like somebody, a man's finger just touched me right there, just as if it's naturally touched me. And when that, that touch came to me, I started down the aisle, but I got about right there where Brother Gary's standing, then my heart began to break. And right there, Brother Gary, the Lord saved my soul 34 years ago. And uh, they were like someone's preached in the meeting. They didn't uh, give me very long, but there were some men right here that, that said that night, and you watch me do it, through, though it's been years since I preached for you here. Uh, they said, we'll give him three months. And then I like to stack up about 34 song books and open up about that much for three months and stack that against that and say that's what grace can do. <laughs> if you want to be kept, he can keep you. And you would be foolish to think that the devil didn't want me back out there. But uh, 
that was uh, on Labor Day Sunday night. And then uh, that same night, I got up, hugged necks, and knew I'd passed from death unto life. And all of a sudden, a still, small voice just spake to my heart and said, Son, if you expect to stand, you need to be sanctified. I fell right back down at that altar. About a half an hour later, I know it wasn't salvation, but he kissed me again, Brother Havis said, years ago. I didn't kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Love is better to me than wine. He preached that message, and he kissed me again, brother. And I'm telling you that wonderful, sanctifying joy and power that would keep me from the evil that's in the world. Touched my heart, and it got down in my feet, and I still dance tonight. Not as much as I have in the past, but uh, my, believe it or not, my strength is starting to wane. And some of you folks think I'm just a young man, but uh, 54, 55 soon to be, and it's, I can tell a big difference. But uh, I want to thank the Lord for saving me that night. Let's try that key again, brother. My old broken voice, I want to sing. On a hill called Calvary, Jesus my Lord suffered for me, carried the cross all the way my sin to atone him to the cross great was the pain and the loss but he suffered it all because he loved me help me sing brother because he loved me my savior died on the cross was crucified. No greater love by more no man had ever been known. Oh, praise his dear name, he loved me so. Now I am his, he's mine, I know he suffered it all. Because he loved me. Would you sing it with me? Oh, because he loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. No greater love by mortal man has ever been known. Oh, praise his dear name. He loved me so. Now I am his. He's mine. Oh, because he loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. No greater love by mortal man ever been known. Oh, praise his dear name, he loved me so. Now I am his, he's mine. I know he suffered it all. Then they carried him away, placed him in a lonely grave. Surely they thought, that this 
That's what the world's trying to do with him now. Oh, but on that third and glorious day, God came and rolled that stone away. And he rose from the grave because he loved me. Because he loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. No greater love by mortal man has ever been known. Oh, praise his dear name, he loved me so. Now I am his, he's mine, I know. And he suffered it all because he loved me. Yes, he suffered it all because he loved me. Praise God. Oh, I'd like to take a moment, Brother Gary, and thank the church for all their hard work. And I want to thank them from the hearts of all the people that have enjoyed the hospitality and the the food and, and the fellowship. And uh, I want to thank <laughs> the church for still being a church where I could come back and uh, thank the Lord for these years of being able to serve him. And uh, it's I want to take a moment and, and uh, appreciate the goodness of the Lord for sending you a good pastor. And uh, Brother Gary is well spoken of by my family, everybody that I hear speak about him, those who are saved and those of my family who are unsaved. And the scripture did say a good report within and without, didn't it? And uh, so I want to take the time to thank Brother Gary for all of his hard labor. And we it makes us feel humbled when people say that, Brother Gary, but it did say give honor to whom honor is due. And I'm not trying to make you feel out of place, but I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because I, I know uh, the, the strong consternation us welchers have sometimes. And then the other uh, part comes in. <laughs> And uh, from the other sides of the family, and they don't don't mix and mingle. And you're understanding mountain people more than you ever stood understood them. But uh, but when grace touches mountain people, they still act the same, don't they? And uh, so I thank God uh, for a good pastor and his good family. I I was her uh, brother Gary's wife wherever she's at. I was got to be her pastor uh, her pastor. And along with his father-in-law, and and I probably needed to pastor Brother Gary. He might be a little better man if I could have pastored him. No, he had wonderful, wonderful. Uh, but anyhow, something has molded that uh, love for the children that Brother Gary has, and that stands out to us, and all the labor that he's done for the church. And uh, then I want to take time, if I can, for a moment to reflect back and think of that, uh, the people that, beyond you, Brother Gary, and uh, those big men that uh, stood behind this pulpit right here, and and uh, they they didn't just stand and preach. Uh, I saw that brother a while ago slap that banister right there, as we call it, and my goodness, Brother Pullen would slap that thing, and sound like a shotgun going off in here, and uh, 
was times that people would put tissue in their ear because he was so loud and he didn't need this. And Brother Gary probably turned this way down when I get started here. But I don't really feel like I'll probably get, you know, just jumping in loud today with the message the Lord's given me. But I want to thank God for Brother Pullen and Brother Lloyd Hubbard and Brother Richard Hubbard that dedicated me to the Lord right here in this church. And I want to thank God for the other men that was here uh, uh, that was beyond them that I didn't know uh, a whole lot, but their labor that they gave. But it's your turn now, my brother, so I'm giving you honor and thank God. So much for all of that. And uh, all, just to get to come home and see all the, all the church. God bless y'all. It's wonderful. See my cousin Gary up here and the work he's doing. Y'all don't know him like I know him. And see my brother-in-law last night shouting and speaking in tongues. And I tell you, I just couldn't weep. And my nephew that God's called into the ministry and I remember turning around right there, Brother Gary, where you're sitting on a Sunday night and leaning my, uh, after Brother Pullen got up from praying, of course, they, you had to come an hour and a half to get here. And, and he got up and was reading his Bible, sitting there the way he did. And I turned around, and I tell you, my heart, even my mannerisms, I was scared to death, Brother. I turned around there and leaned my arm back on that just like you was doing, son. I looked that old big man in the face, and I said, Brother Paul, I feel like the Lord's called me to preach. And he said, well, that's no surprise, son. I've been feeling that for a while. And that was in April. Yeah, and I got saved in Labor Day and got the Holy Ghost in November in deer season. And uh, fasting, praying, got the Holy Ghost right here. And uh, so he said, uh, you be ready to preach now Tuesday night. So Tuesday night came and right here preached my first message in, on April the 17th, I think. Sister Sandra wrote that down. I've got a little card she gave me, my sister. And uh, I to obey God rather than man. My children has heard it since then, Brother John, and they said, who? They was listening one time out of Kentucky. Sister Rose put it in. They said, who is that boy preaching? I had a little bitty old squeaky voice, and uh, my goodness, they didn't even know who it was. And you can't hardly believe that now, but it uh, had a little old squeaky voice. And I just feel sorry for preachers that ain't got much of a voice. I do. But I was one of them because I know how to feel. After Brother Pullen grabbing that ear, and he twists back. You think his back was going to break. My goodness, I, I wanted to preach like them. And you know, Brother Gary, it's, our mannerisms are different. And the man just sent me a big, long text uh, about three hours from me. And Brother Welcher, I've never saw a man with more physical strength in the pulpit in all of the years. And I, you know, that's, but that's, that's not what we look at. The strength of a man, the leg of a man, the strength of a horse. God, don't put glory in that. But it, somehow that was the way we came up preaching here in these mountains. And, and I'm sorry, but you can't fault me for that because that's all I know. And some way, from the time I was 24 until last year, for 30 solid years, 
uh, somebody liked my message because I preach camp meetings every year until I said I'm not going to preach any this year. You know what? They called me, and I had to go preach one. And I, I repented. But, Brother Gary, somebody liked that kind of preaching. So I, that's what the Lord has done with a man with a nine grit great education and come out of these mountains with no understanding. You talk about green, but if you want to let God use you, he can use you. The second message I preached was at Marble City in the fellowship meeting, and when I came back home, the third message I preached, I started revival in Palatka, Florida. And the Lord touched my life and helped me, and I thank him for that. And I tell you what, though today I stand here trembling because I feel so... I just can't come up to what Brother John did last night. And that's a fact. Because every minister, if you try to preach like Brother Bill Wakely, you, you, uh, all right, so much for all of that. But I'll tell you, I'm just so glad to be home. I may just talk to, on to midnight like Paul. Or he talked on to daylight after, after midnight. <laughs> All right, so I usually never hardly start preaching like this. It's usually gone, but I wanted to say some things. It's just been so long since I've got to be here. First Samuel chapter 31, and about five weeks ago now, the, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me as I was reading this, and I had no idea that uh, I would be preaching, and the Lord gave me this message, and I've never used this anywhere that I can remember, though the things that you'll say and other verses that we'll bring in, you'll know that we preach from them. But as far as taking a text from what I'm going to take it from, I got to reading something, and it's not original with me, but it stirred within my heart. And the Lord spake to me, Brother Gary, and said, Take that to Craigsville. If you get a chance to preach, I want you to preach this. And so here we are. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and all the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines, 1 Samuel 31 and 1, and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons, and the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Machishua, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and his archers hit him, and he was wounded, sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it, and when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor-bearer and all his men that same day together. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valleys and they that were on the other side of Jordan saw that the men of Israel fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent it into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. 
And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth, and they fastened his body to the wall of Bashan. And when the inhabitants of Jabez-Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went that all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bashan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. And I want to go back and take my text out of... Uh, Oh, six, seven, and eight here. So Saul died and his three sons, his armor bearer. And the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the other side of Jordan, saw that the men of Israel fled, and Saul and his sons were dead. They fled. And then the Bible said in verse number eight, And it came to pass on the morrow, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And I want to preach to you this morning on slain, then stripped. And uh, Brother Thomas DeWitt, we call him T. DeWitt Talmage, said when he walked across the Civil War battlefield and he saw young men from families who had uh, many of them wasn't wanting to be there to die, and innocent boys and the bodies of them laying in those battlefields. And when he walked among the dead in, on the Civil War battlefields, he said that he, his heart was overwhelmed with a great sickness as he looked and saw that their watches had been taken, their letters, what little bit of money that they had in their pockets, that they lay there, he said, on that battlefield, and he said the dead could offer no resistance. Amen. The dead could offer no resistance. And I'm telling you, saints of God, amen. It, it's, uh, sometimes we say this message follow this message, and this message follow this one, but it's going to be uh, quite different than our brother Matt preached this morning, but I am following him, so I've got to preach what the Lord gave me, brother, and I I felt like that when the Lord spake that to me, amen, I began to read the Bible and read the scripture, and, and uh, I felt like that somebody in Craigsville, amen, the devil don't only want to slay you. He don't only want to kill you, children of God, but he wants to strip you till you have nothing left. Amen. <laughs> and the devil, every day, amen, I, I don't want to brag on him, he is the devil, but I'm here to tell you, he just don't stop at saying, well, uh, things are not going right. I face that too, saints of God. <laughs> Amen. There have been some mountains that I wondered if I'd ever get across, but when I looked at the slain that lay in the valley that had been stripped of everything, I thank God that I made my mind up that I'm going to do something to let the devil know I'm still alive. Amen. We're in a, a time... Oh, goodness, when, uh, oh, my, 
We're in testing time, saints of God, and he is fighting the saints of God. He's not only fighting them, but he's fighting the sinner. He knows he has, but a short time, the devil's come down unto you having what? Great wrath. He hath but a short time. Amen. And if he can get me on the battlefield, if he can take the breath out of me, we would think, well, that's good enough. But no, not the adversary that we're dealing with. My brother, he wants to strip us till there is nothing left. The Bible said a good name. It's rather to be chosen than great riches, but he'll take everything away from from you. <laughs> I want to now turn to the, uh, or just uh, probably right there, we'll look on over into the next chapter and, and read, starting at verse number 17, and, and David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his sons. Also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it's written in the book of Jasher. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Listen to this. How are the mighty fallen in battle? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you mountains of Gilboa, I'm skipping down here. We could read verse 20, tell it not in Gath. Don't publish it in the streets of Ascalon, but you mountains of Gilboa. Amen. Let there be no dew, for right there is where this man that stood shoulder and head higher than any man in Israel and God had anointed him to be the first king. And he had not only been slain, but they came and stripped him of everything. <laughs> I have never heard the tape. I've never heard the CD, but somebody preached a few years back and and uh, they titled it, I think, I heard someone talking about it, and they titled it The Devil's Trophy House. And uh, they talked about uh, the room where men mount deer heads, elk heads, foxes, whatever you want uh, that you took and have a story of. And they got to talking about walking to the devil's trophy room and there was the head of this great man and that great woman and that great singer, Brother Lee, and that great preacher. Hallelujah. When they was loading Granddaddy in the back of that ambulance, Brother Larry, that day when he called and said, he said, tell Jeffy, that's what he called me, tell Jeffy to come. And uh, Uncle William was down there and he's trying to hurry him on and Granddad was in such pain and he said, no, don't you put me in there till Jeffy gets up here. And I made it across 42 and there was Granddad and he was thrashing and he said, Brother Ham, he said, pray, Jeffy, pray. And I, I got to pray and that was my old granddaddy, the first man that prayed when holiness came to this country, the patriarch of this old house right here. And I got to trying to pray. Brother Ray and I heard granddaddy say, pray, Jeffy, the devil's fighting me hard, son. <laughs> I 
Oh, you reach a status in life when the devil don't bother you. Uh, hallelujah. That man that preached yesterday that I couldn't help but weep and cry because you touched my heart. Brother Bill Wakeley, I've heard you preach. Was it not about 12 years that you went through a great trial? Was it, did you say 12? Was it more? 20. And he said, the Lord let them know. There's to me no two better people in this house than Brother Bill and Sister Karen. I mean, I, <laughs> they're good people. But brother, we would say after preaching like that yesterday, no, nothing's gonna bother Brother Wakely. But for 20 long years, he tried to kill you. He wouldn't have stopped there, Elder. If he'd have got you slain, he'd have stripped him of everything. I've heard people say, I'm just gonna quit. I'm just gonna walk away. I just can't go back. But it don't stop there. When the devil kills your children, they'll come back on the battlefield. He'll take everything you've got and leave you with nothing. Brother Dawson Lumpkin stood by his dad's bed. Old Elder Lumpkin, the man that went down to the barn, had the good chair and had the old chair. He was set down in the old chair, Brother Lee Lawson, and he's tell everybody to go pray with him. He said, now, that good chair, that belongs to the Lord. It was him that was pulling his dying breaths that whispered up to Brother Dawson and said, pray, Dawson. The devil's battling me harder right now than he's ever battled me in my life. And I want to tell somebody that the devil's trying to slay today. He don't want to just kill you, brother. Sister, he don't want to just slay you. He wants to strip you. He'll take everything you've got. Oh, Brother Jeff, God won't let that happen, will he? Yeah. <laughs> when old Moses' eyesight wasn't dimmed and his strength wasn't abated yet, the Bible said, when the devil and when the enemies of hell was debating with Moses about the body of Moses, <laughs> let me tell you something, the devil will try to take away everything from you even after you are slain, dead, buried, Amen. But the Bible said, the angels just said, the Lord rebuke you. He was a man of God and you couldn't slay him and you couldn't strip him. I sat over here just across the creek in this little trailer house years ago it, I don't mean to bring sadness, but I'm preaching this morning, brother, what the Lord give me. <laughs> there was a lady sitting there that had sat right here before and beat two tambourines at once, and the doctor said, if you could see your vocal cords, you wouldn't whisper for the next, what was it, two months? They didn't want her to say anything, two weeks, and then just talk softly. 
And uh, it was her that uh, somehow the adversary that I battle took her away. Don't tell me this morning that he can't take you away if you let him. Amen. There's hope. There's hope. But the devil's wanting to kill somebody here this morning. I know he's wanting to kill Brother Jeff. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. She was holding that little baby in her arms and rocking that little child and that little stump of an arm. Her daddy's here today. Amen. She held that baby. She looked down at his face, and Darren wasn't in church at that time. He wasn't coming and sitting in the house of God. I think he's here somewhere. He was out yonder somewhere up and down these roads, and he, man, my God, I heard that woman that I love so well say, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. I went out full, but I've came home empty. The devil, uh, he'll take everything you've got. He'll take everything you've got. Amen. I've lain there on the field and I felt the wounds of the archers and I felt the wounds of the spears of the adversary and the gaping wounds and I wondered if I'd ever recover and all of a sudden a dark, ghastly form would overshadow me and I knew exactly what he was wanting to do, Elder. He was wanting to strip me because he thought I was dead. But Brother Bill, I opened my eyes and looked up at him and somehow, maybe just a whisper, I said, the Lord rebuke you and I'm still alive today. You can live, children, if you want to live. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty. Oh, but listen, just above that, amen. The Bible said, for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away as though he had not been anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were, Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives and in their death. They were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. But you daughters of Israel weep over Saul who clothed you in scarlet and other delights who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. Here it is again, Brother Gary. How, after talking about the glory, after thinking of what kind of men they were, he said, how are the mighty fallen in battle? I'm distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. <laughs> Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen? I wonder if I get in the old truck and come back 1,100 miles next year when I walk in 
to the little church at Craigsville. Brother Gary, somebody between then and now, including Brother Jeff, amen. Will it be me? Will it be you? Amen. That we'll look around and Brother Gary say, you remember her? Brother Jeff, I've reached for him. I felt the Spirit of God deal with their hearts, but they were slew on the battlefield. Well, Brother Gary, how they're doing? Uh, do you go? Oh, I'm not welcome in the house. I drive by there and there's beer bottles everywhere. And, at two and three in the morning to listen. The devil just don't want to slay you. He wants to strip you after you're slain. I'm talking about good bank accounts that would make a comfortable living if the devil could just slay you. He'll strip you and your family of that till there's nothing left. We shouted around the altar together. It's got so high, Brother Gary, we'd even clasp arms around each other's neck and shout. I've heard him speak in tongues beside me. But one of the last memories I've got of him is in an old broken down shop that he threw together because now all he thinks about how to get a <laughs> and I walk in there after church and the people's begging me don't go over there brother Jeff don't go over there brother Jeff and he's got a little bitty window and he's got his head sticking out of it brother Bill right over there just east of 62 <laughs> east on 62 going out of Westfield on the right just before the Arkansas line. And I walk up to that little window and I said, Brother, let me in there. He began to swear, Brother Gary. No, you're not coming here. I thought so-and-so was coming with you. I, I knew he was, wasn't who he's supposed to be. And I said, let, let me in where I can talk with you. I mean, listen. I've worked with him day after day after day. I've worked with him in the heat of the summer, in the cold of the winter. He finally lets me in in such an atmosphere. And I, I remember when I lay on that battlefield dead. Uh-huh. Yes, I got to talking. And when they're in that, that situation, uh, Brother Wakeley, most of the time, Brother Jeff, they they don't have you there for good conversation. And they begin to play the blame game. And I said, listen, man, Brother Jeff never said that about you. He swore violently and called me terrible names, Brother Woodward. I'm talking about the man that we hugged next, Brother Gary, and his arm around mine, and we shouted around the altar. But he's laying there dead. And I'm looking at his family. 
that I heard say, I feel like the Lord dealt with me the last time. He meant that this was my last chance and now she's gone. And I wondered, did the Lord really say that? And if he did, I don't care what happens between now and eternity, but if God said it, the Holy Ghost will never deal with her again. He's wanting to strip you. He won't leave you sitting here on this pew. He won't let you come back and sit with aunt and uncle and granddaddy and grandma and pastor, no matter how good they are and how good Sister Andrea can cook and reach out to you. But I'm telling you, if he can just get you out there and kill you completely, he'll strip you children of everything you ever hope to have in life. This is what the Spirit of God spoke to me to bring. <laughs> Slain, then stripped, Brother Mike. Why don't the devil just leave him alone? He won't do it. Why won't he just let them go out there and after a while God in his mercy reach out and bring them back in after their feelings which hath and a brother offended is, is harder one than a walled city and his contentions are like the bars of a castle. That's in the Bible. <laughs> but why don't when they get over that God just, just bring them down. Why don't the devil just leave him alone? Blood running from his arms, his chest, his neck. Where he had cut himself with an old broken piece of glass, brother Dickie. When he reached over and cocked the old gun and held it in my neck. This old big man, Brother Gary. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. Oh, Art just jumped up my throat. Not a good feeling. But in my mind, I'm saying, man, we shouted together. <laughs> but how? Are the mighty fallen? <laughs> Head and shoulders higher than any man in Israel. And them Philistines came like a bunch of ghouls on that battlefield. And they went from each one to each one taking swords and spears and arrows and money and whatever. Then all of a sudden they came to a big figure laying there. Came to a big preacher. Listen, I want to tell you that your soul is as worth as much as the biggest preacher that's ever walked on this earth. 
For if you die lost and the big preacher dies lost, you'll both go to that place where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched, where they scream and cry for one drop of water to cool their parching tongue. I tell you, children, if I was you this morning, I came to Virginia. If I got a chance to preach to tell you, don't die where you are. My friends, don't die where you are. Open your eyes this morning and realize the devil's trying to kill you. Oh, I can't just keep on. Can't you see them, brother, when they reached down and took that helmet and pulled that? And they looked down into the face of the king of Israel. Brother Wakely made might. You could probably heard their cries all through the darkness of that night or that, that morning. We got him. We got him. And Brother Chapman, I can almost, though I don't want to even acknowledge it, I've got to be real this morning. Brother Lee, I can hear the devil saying through the internet that some great man of God, we got him. We got him. I'm just going to look past that big man laying there and I'm going to look at the youngest soldier that walked with Saul on that battlefield, not counting his three sons or his armor bearer. And I'm going to look at the other men that died also with him and I'm going to look at that young soldier, Brother Bill, Brother Billy Shifflett, and I'm going to watch him raise his little helmet up and they'll say the same thing they did of Saul. We got him. I don't know, but Brother Gary told me last night to bring us into the altar after I got, get through, and I'm not quite through, but I want somebody to begin thinking about an old song. Maybe Sister Karen has one. Sister, if you'll get ready to come and sing for us and somebody will play for you. <laughs> How are the mighty falling Will it be you? Amen. Will it be me? Amen. Let's listen now to the 21st chapter in verse number five of first Samuel, second Samuel. Amen. Bible, I'm, I'm starting to hurry now. Amen. Second Samuel 21 and verse number five. They answered the king, the man that consumed us and that devised against us that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coast of Israel. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Ahiha, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for 
Atriel, the son of Barzillai, the Maholathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord, and they fell all seven. <laughs> Together were put to death in the days of the harvest, and the first days in the beginning of the barley harvest. And Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until the water dropped upon them out of heaven from April to the beginning of October for about six months, Brother Bill. <laughs> and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the field by night. And that's as far as I want to tell you. Read. And there's somebody here this morning. I've read about it in the Bible, my brother. I've even tried to preach from it and never touched the hearts like it needed to. But I heard him say, for my servant David's sake, I will not slay you. And I've read that he being dead yet speaketh. And I wonder, in the proximity of this old hole in this church right here, that the prayers of some mama is the reason you're still here today. I don't think she was a giant of a woman, Brother Gary. I think she was just risked by the concubine of Saul. But that was her two boys. <laughs> and the sun blackened them, and their skin turned to leather. And morning and evening, she said to the fowls of the air, Get out of here, birds. And I hear someone. <laughs> Ain't gonna get these. And I can hear some aunt here today, and I can hear some grandpa, and I can hear some mama say, You ain't stripping these. <laughs> oh, soldiers, not old, but oh, oh, age, oh, soldiers. Would you stand with me today against the spirits of hell that's in this house saying I'm going to get her anyhow. I'm going to take him out regardless what the preacher says. Would you stand with me today, soldier? I'm not asking you to. I'm just, I really didn't. I meant, but would you in your spirit stand with me today and say to the fowls of the air, you're not going to strip this one. <laughs> And the shadows of evening started to draw along and the sun began to sink in the west and Rizma, though heavy with such, her body's wore out, brother, it's been day and night and night and day and day and night. And her ears catch the faintest sound of a wild beast. They can smell the smell of her two boys. She takes the covers of the sackcloth, Brother Jeff, and turls it back. And with a stone or a stick, she faces the darkness, turning in every direction, saying, you're not going to get them. 
Hallelujah. Do you want to be saved today? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to make your calling and your election sure? There's the prayers of some dead Abel, some dead mama, some, I'm talking about Abel whom you slew between the porch and the altar. He being dead yet speaketh in somebody. I can hear the cries of a mother saying, not this one, not this one. <laughs> sister, are you coming? Would you please come, sister? Hallelujah. Glory. I wrote here on my little note that I brought with me. Many young men and women stripped by drugs and drink and prostitution and heroin and crack and bath salts. I don't hear about that out in my country much, but they say around here, not only dead, but stripped them, brother. I'm sorry, brother, I got a mental block. Brother Mike's son, I'll say that, brother. Brother Greg, the devil don't want it to stop by just getting Brother Jeff. If he took me out, Sister Peggy, you know what he'd want me to be? Mom used to stand right there beside that old piano when it faced that wall, and I hear her saying every now and then, Sister Joe, I know the world would take me back, but I'm glad I'm off that track. I've had enough of sin. Now I've got sweet peace with them. I'm tuned as well, but I remember her singing it. But the world, after 34 years tonight, would gladly take me back and wreck me, Brother Chapman. Hallelujah. I'm going to just talk about this, but there was a man that fell among thieves, Uncle Floyd, and the Bible said they wounded him. And they did what? They stripped him. <laughs> That's what he's going to do to you, children, if you stay where you're at. <laughs> but you do get to a place where you can't help yourself. Sister Rosa, you know what happens then? And there came a priest, and he walked by on the other side. And there came a Levite, and he walked by on the other side, but looked upon him, but there came. We call him a good Samaritan. And I say, I'm looking beyond that and I'm saying, and there came a precious Lamb of God that sat on the right hand of all of ages, the Ancient of Days. <laughs> but when the fullness of time was come, under the law, took on himself no vain reputation, <laughs> but became humbled, became obedient through what he suffered and said, I'll take the cross and I see him in the garden. And you know what he prayed? He was God and he was man. Brother Charlie, I hear him say, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass. You know what the death of the crucifixion was? It was horrible. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've got to hurry. 
tell you, I've got to hurry, Brother Gary. I've got to hurry right here. And that whom angels worshipped and the beast crying, holy, holy, holy in that new city John saw. Whom the elders on the castor crowns had his feet after a while. It was him that prayed and came back and said, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? And he went again and prayed and came back and found them sleeping again. And that was when he said, what? Can you not watch? But sleep on now. For the hour of the Son of Man is going to be delivered to the hands of sinful men, evil men's at hand. And he went back, Matthew said that time, kneeled down saying, the same words again. Father, and the Father answered him not a word. You know why? Because he saw us that the devil wanted to strip. And he said, yes, I'll go. And he prayed that time, brother, until his sweat came as great drops of blood. The Bible said he prayed more earnestly. Can you hear him in the garden? He's calling out. I remember an old Peter was just going this way and that, brother. And if you'd have looked at him, you'd have called him a bowing wall and a tottering fence, but the Son of God looked at him and said, Peter, Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. I prayed for you. I feel that this morning, brother. God's not wanting you to be stripped. You may feel dead. You may feel like you're not where you need to be, but I want to tell you this morning that it won't take but just a trip to the altar and honesty in your heart. And children, God can set it all right in your soul. Amen. Ezekiel 37, I just can't use, sometimes you just can't preach everything that you feel like you want to. But uh, the Bible said, breathe, oh, breath of life, and that breathed upon them, and, and the winds from the four, the breath from the four winds came, and they stood, you can live, and when I passed by thee and saw thee, amen, I said unto thee, live, yea, I say unto thee, live. And I wish that I could have reached a little farther. And I wish I could have reached a little higher. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord gave me this message about five weeks ago and said, if you get a chance to preach, I want you to tell them that the devil's not only wanting to kill them, but he's wanting to strip them of everything that anybody ever left them behind. But Jesus said, don't leave it there, son. Tell them that the thief cometh for to kill and to steal and destroy, but tell them, but I am come that you might have life and you can live today. You can live. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the devil's telling you. I don't care if he's standing on your chest, lifted the helmet and said, I've got him. Open your eyes and say, I'm not dead yet. Somebody's still praying for me, saying, Sister Wakely, Praise God. 
careless soul why are you lingering wandering from the fold of God hear ye not the invitation oh prepare to meet thy while Sister Wakely sings, I wonder if in this congregation you feel something tugging at your soul saying, I'm not going to let you strip me. I'm not going to let you take from me. Would you come to this altar, bow your heart before God and say, I heard Brother Jeff say, the Lord said I can live. I can live. Why so Come on, son. Let's Pour your heart out you to God. Is there somebody else here this morning that would like to come to this altar? Mothers that pray with you and fathers that gather around you. Don't let the devil strip you, children. Don't let the devil strip you. Say 